Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Am I on now? Can you hear me now? I am going to charge Verizon for that. So I should I should get like, well, never mind. I'll get to preach before I get off. So I'm I'm excited this morning and got up, got ready to drive, started off, drove down the road and my car is dinging, ding ding ding. You have a low tire. You can go 50 miles. I'm like, can I get to church? Is it 50 miles? Because that's like my cowboy way. And then I'm like, oh, man, I better turn around. So I turn around, and I steal my wife's car. So I'm coming down here, and I'm thinking, yes. And so, like, I am, like, really high tech. I'm just not pretty, right? (laughs) There's some brains to me, too. And so I'm sitting here thinking, yes, I put some notes on my phone so I can use my phone. And I went to click my phone to call my wife, and it was almost dead. It's like, no problem, because I got a charger. She's got to have an iPhone charger, right? No. No. (laughs) We had Samsungs like two years ago, and guess what her charger is? It's a Samsung charger. So I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, this is going to be awesome. So thank God for mini-marts, right? So I pulled in, got a charger, and I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. And so I got here. And um, it's good to be here. And so I was like, when, when things like, sometimes you wake up and things don't go like you plan. Do you hear what I'm saying? And, and those things will come out here and come out there. And you're like, whoa, wait, that's not how my day was supposed to go. And, and we have two choices, right? We can either react or we can respond, right? React is like we just, oh, my God. We're reacting to what's happening to us. And then our brain shuts off when we react. And we go totally to emotions. Do you know what I'm talking about? I learned this from horses, right? <laughs> this is what I learned from horses, right? Because they have two, two, two options. They can react or they can respond. Now, when they react, it's never good for me, <laughs> right? But when I can teach them to respond, then I'm like, I'm asking them, and they're like, here, and they're like, here. And then when you throw something at them, and they're like, wait a second, I don't have to react, I can, I can move in a way that, that's productive for me, and I can think through it. You guys understand what I'm, what I'm talking about? And we have that same opportunity in our lives. We, we, could, we can react, right, or we can respond. Sometimes, like, I'll throw stuff at those horses just to see if they're going to react, right, and say, hey, watch this. Here's a tarp. Woohoo! It's going to eat you. And they're like... Wait a second, that didn't eat me. Why did I get, in a, get all fussed up, right? And, and so instead, instead of um, reacting, I was like, you know something? I'm going to respond today. Do you know why? Because usually when stuff like that happens, something good's really getting ready to happen. And so I was excited. You know, I was excited. Woohoo, man. Like, like you get three flat tires on the way to church and you're a preacher. It's a pretty good sign you're supposed to be there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I used to think, I was like, just the opposite way. Man, God must not want me to be there. And then I'm like, no, no, no. God wants me there, right? There's something that, that, that God wants to, to, to pour out. And so the enemy will try to distract us. So if he can't keep us from getting there, he can get us so fussed up that when we get there, we forget what we're talking about. We're like, 
uh, uh, uh. And that's not real good when you're trying to preach, right? You need more than uh, 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 right? And so, so we're in a real battle, right? We, we face a battle. There is a spiritual battle. Sometimes that spiritual battle is not a big devil fighting us. Sometimes it's a dumb us fighting us. Do you hear what I'm talking about? So, so we're like battling more on, on different, different scopes. But in the midst of all these battles is sometimes we face opposition from the enemy too. And the Bible's clear on how we can respond to that kind of stuff. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Um, and um, just kind of share, share with that. Um, let's pray real quick. I forgot to pray. That's a good thing to do. Father, thank you for being with us. Just speak through me, Holy Spirit. We give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. I want to start out, I'm going to read in Psalms 24 just because I want to remind you that we have a king, right? With a big K in front of it. And his name is Jesus, right? But in Psalms chapter 24, verse 1, it says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Do you know what that means? That means all, everything belongs to the Lord. It's all his, including you, including my Mini Cooper, right? Everything's his, right? Whether you want to admit it or not, right? You, you didn't just pop up here and say, oh, hey, I think I'm going to create a God. No, God created you. He had a purpose for you, and he has a plan for you, and, and you're important, right? For he founded it up on the seas and established it up on the waters, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in, the, in his holy place? And who, who has clean hands and a pure heart? Who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false? Now, what's an idol? An idol is anything that you worship. Do you know that you can make your car your idol? You can make your wife your idol? You can make your kids your idol? You can make American Idol your idol? <laughs> you guys hear what I'm talking about? It's anything that you place more value on than God. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? And, and so we get in this world, the Seahawks could be your idol, right? It's, what, what, it's whatever you're worshiping that's above God. And so, so worship is basically this. I'm, I'm, at, I'm putting a value on you, and your value is that you're more important than anything else. That's pretty big. You hear what I'm saying? And so when we have idols, what it's saying is God's saying, I, a pure heart is a heart that says, you know something? I know you're the way. I know you're the truth. I know you're the life. And it's only in and through you that I'm going to find life. Does that make sense? And so, so I put you first, right? There's scripture in, in Matthew. It says, seek ye first the Seahawks. <laughs> no? <laughs> seek ye first... Um, my Mini Cooper. Yeah. Right? No. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. So we're putting him first and we're seeking not our righteousness, but his righteousness, which is in us because we have a covenant with God because Jesus died for us and come into our hearts. And now we're righteous, not because we're good. We're righteous because of what he done. And now we're good because he's good. Did that confuse you? Do I need to slow down? Right? 
And so now we can come and say, hey, I have a pure heart. My heart's for you. You're number one. And when you put him number one, all these other things that you're really important to you, like the Seahawks and your Mini Cooper, things go well with them, right? Hopefully he's not a Packer fan, (laughs) right? But it comes to a point where you're like, you know something? It's awesome because you're number one. I'm righteous. I can come. The Bible says that we can go boldly through the throne of grace. Why? Because we are covered by the blood of, blood of Jesus. And now we have access because of that blood. And we can go to the Father daily, minutely, secondly and say, hey, hey, Dad, here I am. I really blew it, man. I didn't mean to honk at that Prius and call him, you know, call the Prius names, you know. Right. And when we get in trouble, like like um, when I was a kid, if I got in trouble with God, I mean, I'd like, oh, man, I don't want to tell God I done that. And I'd sat on it, you know, and then pretty soon I'm, I get old enough and I'm like, wait a second. He's everywhere. Right. He already knows. And the Bible says that I can come boldly to the throne of grace and grace is something I need right now. So maybe instead of running and hiding and he's there anyway. Right. I'm going to run to him, and I'm going to say, Hey, Dad, look, I blew it. And I blew it, and I was good at it. But, but would you forgive me? And you know what he says? No, you're grounded. <laughs> no, not once has he said that. He's like, come here, son. And it's a relationship, and it, and it causes me to, to trust him and want to come to him, and it changed my life. Do you guys hear what I'm talking about? Because I'm not running from him, I'm running to him. I do that with horses too. Like you get them in a round pen and they want to run. I'm like, knock yourself out. You're in a circle. <laughs> like you're just going to run. Like I ain't going nowhere. I'm here. When you get tired and decide you're done running, guess what? Right here. And pretty soon they figure out, you know what? It's a whole lot easier to be with that dude in the middle than it is for me to be running around. And pretty soon you can't shake them off of you. Do you know why? Because they figured out, this is my safe place. This is where I want to be. This is what, what, what I need in my life. And, and you can't push them off you. And they're like, how, how come that horse is with you? Because that horse trusts me and it's got a relationship with me. You guys understand? And that's the same thing with our father. He's like, all I want is your heart and I want to have a relationship with you and I want to... I, I just want you to, to be with me. When you get in trouble, I don't want you to go to the hot dog stand. I want you to come to me. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't care what you've done, where you've been. You can come to him because you have access because of the blood of Jesus. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? I want to encourage you. When you have trouble, run to him with it. Don't hide, right? That's free. That's not even my message. Okay, or swear by he he will receive a blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, O God and O God of Jacob. Lift your heads, O you gates; be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come in. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, the king, this King of glory, the Lord Almighty? He 
is the king of glory. You know, do anybody know what his name might be? His name is Jesus, right? He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of glory. The Bible says when we lift him up, he'll draw men unto him. When we lift him up as he is, as he really is, he will draw men unto him. You know what? He'll draw men to, to him when he wants. Like I, I um, heard a story of a guy who was in, I think, I think he was in Iraq, and I was at this preacher's meeting, and, and he, he was a, a Muslim, and he had a dream, and Jesus appeared to him in the dream, and he said, 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 you're serving the wrong Savior. I'm Jesus, and I want you to serve me. And he gave his heart to Jesus and was radically changed and started a, a church there, and all these people are trying to kill him, right, because of it. So they brought him over to this minister's meeting, and, and he was going to speak and talk about it, and um, people were wanting to take pictures and stuff. And so one of the leaders sent the thing, and I says, you can't take pictures or post anything on Facebook because it would endanger his life, and we don't want anyone to know what's going on. So this man saw them passing this stuff around, and so he said, what did that note say? And he said, well, I'm just reminding them not to do that. And he said, why would you do that? And so he got up there, and he said, listen, take all the pictures you want. You post anything you want. My God's bigger than all that stuff. He said, I ain't going to duck and I ain't going to hide because Jesus gave his life for me and I'm not afraid of them. If they kill me, they kill me, but I'm going to serve God and I'm going to glorify God and I'm going to lift up Jesus. Do you know what that is? That's a transformed heart that says, you know something? I see Jesus and I see the King of glory and no weapon formed against me will prosper. And if it does, what's he going to do? Send me to heaven? (laughs) I mean, how about a deal is that? Right? He had a perspective, and he's a baby Christian. Now, think about that. And so, so that's where I think in, in our world, that, that in, in, in our lives, we've got to get, get in America where, where we realize, you know something? God's number one. Jesus is the king of glory. No matter what's hitting me, I'm going to serve him, okay? Can I get... I got... Can you guys even read that? Because I can't. <laughs> Trying to zoom in. Good thing I got it on my phone, too. If you, it's notes. So if you need notes, you got, you got it. There we go. See, I'm good at this. <laughs> so it's, um, I want to talk to you about real struggle and real freedom. This morning we're reading in the, in the cowboy churches where we um, do a 345 study, which means that we um, every week, well, technically every day you should be able to read through, through a portion of the Bible for three hours and 45 minutes. No, I'm kidding. For three minutes and 45 seconds is what it takes to read a chapter of the Bible. So we read it. So this week we're in John, and so I was just as we were doing it this week, and this just jumped out at me. And I was like, man, I'm going to share that here. Because it, it's so cool what, what God's doing and what he's saying. And um, it's, it's, we're reading between John 6, chapter 6 through 10, but I want to read in, in verse, um, in, in chapter 8. And um, <clears throat> it starts out, John, John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth, 
will set you free. Does anybody know who the truth is? His name is Jesus. Basically, it says you will know the truth. A lot of the rabbis teach that, that it's the truth that you know that will set you free, right? You could know, you, you could have a billion dollars in the bank, right? But if you didn't know you had it, you couldn't access it. Do you know why? Because you didn't know you had it. So now the Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, what's the truth? That Jesus died for us, that Jesus loves us, that Jesus is for us, that Jesus is the king of the universe, the creator of all things. You guys hear what I'm talking about? And when we know the truth, and that truth that we, we know will set us free. And that's what he's saying. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you, set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and never have been slaves to, of anyone. <laughs> How stupid of a statement. I mean, come on, right? 435 years they were slaves, right? What were they blinded to, right? So Jesus is saying, now they're, they're slaves to, to their religion. They're slaves to their Phariseeism or their Sadduceeism, right? And, and, and Jesus is saying, if you just look at the truth... The truth is found in the scriptures. You're seeing it in the Torah and the writings and, and the prophets all the time. But when you see the truth, you shall know the truth and it will set you free. But you're not seeing the truth. So he says, I am the truth. I am the way and I'm the life. You guys hear what I'm talking about? Man, I almost want to preach this morning. And the answer to him, we are Abraham's descendants and never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Do you know what he's saying? Not just free, but you are free indeed. Right? You could take it two ways right there. I take it two ways, like I can do a little bit of, of um, deductive preaching right here, right? Maybe springboard a little bit. But it, what he's saying is, right here, that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you, and then he say it'll set you free indeed. What does that mean? You're really free, right? When you, when you say, well, that dude's a billionaire and he's really rich, like indeed, right? Like really, you're free, 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 free. But I think it's cool, too, that it says indeed, because it could be now that you know the truth and you're set free, it's free in deeds that you do, too. Does that make sense? Because your actions flow from your beliefs. And when you have a belief system that says, I'm free, your actions are going to follow it, right? You see what I'm saying? You ever see a picture like, a, I see a picture like an elephant tied up to a little bitty lawn chair with a little rope? He was free. He just didn't know he was, right? He could have wiped that thing out. But his belief system told him that he was a slave. And even though he had the power to move, he couldn't move because he was trapped. Does that make sense? So we're free indeed. And so, so I was just thinking about that and how the enemy tries to hit us. And, and he hits us. And do you ever see like boxers or great football teams? You know, and like one will boom and then the other one will come back and go boom. Right. And they're just fighting and it's just an all out struggle and it's all out fight. But here's the thing. When we we face an enemy who's a whooped enemy, 
and we say whooped where I'm from. So you might say whipped here, or may not say that because you know because it's like Cool Whip and it looks too much like mayonnaise. Say <laughs> hey, yuck! I shouldn't even bring that word up, right? Right? But but he's a whooped enemy. That means he's defeated, right? But he'll come back and he'll try, but he's got these two punches. He's got this one punch and he'll go boom. And then he's got this other punch and he'll go like this. And then he ain't got nothing else. He's going to come back and he's going to go boom, 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 or boom, or boom. That's all he's got. And it's what trips us up so much of the time is because we understand, we, we think, oh my God, that's evil's here and evil's coming. And God said, you know what, I made a spectacle of him triumphing over him and in him you have authority does he have power yes he does right now but he does not have authority and if you don't have authority your power is useless do you hear what i'm saying and when we as a church get a hold of that we'll be unstoppable do you hear what i'm saying we'll be like the seahawks are going to be today and i hope they win or it'll wreck my message right but he's got this one two punch and it stems from two different things. Well, what what are they? I'm glad you guys asked. You guys are on top of it this morning. Thank you. Right? Well, let me tell you this about the, the enemy real quick first, because we need to know it. Number one, the enemy was created too. He thinks he's a god, but he's not even on par with God. He was created as an angel. Right? So So when we look at the enemy... We can say, you know, ever watch The Wizard of Oz? Right? And they get to the back and this big blown up nasty, nasty dude everywhere everyone's afraid of. And they get there and he's just like this little ugly midget. <laughs> Looks like tattoo. Where's the plane, boss? The plane. But he's green. Know what I'm talking about? There's nothing to it. They're like, man, I could have knocked you over. And all this time I've been afraid of you because I've been living in this illusion that you're this big bad dude. You hear what I'm talking about? He was created. He don't want you to know that. He wants you to think that he's a God, that he's on par with God, but he's not. Right? We don't worship anything that's created. Do you hear what I'm talking about? They're not worthy of it, but our creator is. Number two, he's defeated. Right? I just told you that when Jesus made a spectacle of him, right? He was stripped when Jesus died. i got to look on my notes because I can't read that. <laughs> and he was stripped of authority. Man, I was, trying to, I was trying to get to that, and I preached it already. <laughs> Sorry. So, John chapter 8, verse... I'm going to do a B, a 44B. Read the whole thing, though, okay? Read chapter 44, the whole thing. Read that in context, right? But for, I put it as a B so I, could, so I could narrow it down to what I need to say, which I should have just read it, because by the time I'm explaining it, I could have already read it. He, the devil, lies, always hated the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies... It is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, if he doesn't lie, he's going to tell you a half-truth. And you know what? You know, if I put half, half a poison in a cup, it's still poison. It'll still kill you. Do you hear what I'm talking about? 
So sometimes he'll mix it up like that. So his first punch is called temptation. Okay? So temptation says this. It says, look at the whatever it is and look away from the Savior. You know what he does is he gets our focus off of Jesus. And he says, look at this big, bright, shiny toy. Like they used to catch raccoons or and you know what they'd do? Or monkeys or whatever. They'd put this bright, shiny object in there, and they could reach in and they'd grab the object. object, And then they had them. Do you know why? Because they couldn't let go of it. Right? They had more, more of their view on the shiny object, and they weren't looking at what the consequence would, it be, would be. Right? And so we, we look at this, and then we look away from the Savior, and it distracts us. Then he shows us the bait... And hides the hook. Right? See, see that we see the bait, but we don't necessarily see the hook, right? Which does this. It magnifies the short-term pleasure and hides the long-term misery. Okay, let me give you an example. You can go down to the bank and rob the bank. Right? And you may come out with millions and millions of dollars, right? But it might be just for five minutes, right? Because here comes the police, right? And they're going to catch you. And then the long-term results from that is not going to be good, right? You guys understand what I'm saying? So he says, hey, you robbed this bank and you can get away and you can live forever in Haiti or Hawaii. I don't know if Haiti would be the right place to live. (laughs) But it's for some people. Maybe they want to be there, right? But I don't know. Hawaii, that sounds good. Fiji, whatever, right? But you end up, instead of going there, you end up going to prison, right? Why? Because you were tempted with the short-term pleasure, but there, there was a consequence with it. You guys understand what I'm saying? Okay. Here's another thing we do that he tempts us with. We focus, he focuses us on the sins of others, which says, I'm not so bad, this person does it too. So you're like, well, he robs banks. I'm not so bad. I saw Ocean's Eleven. You see, all those dudes were, they looked really cool, right? That's not bad. Someone else is doing it, so I guess I can do it too, right? See, I've never been tempted like that. Compare one part, and then we compare one part of life to another. This is bad, but I'm good in other ways. You know what we're saying? Well, you know, I did rob a bank, but at least I'm giving the tithe off of it. (laughs) Right? And so we justify something that we shouldn't justify, right? That's his first thing he hits us with, is temptation. Second thing, his second punch, if he can't get us at that, is he says, look at your sin and minimize God's grace. You know why? Because now he's got you to rob the bank. He's like, and now you're in trouble for it. Instead of running to God for forgiveness and and to stay in relationship with him, now you're saying, you know something? I'm just rotten. God's grace ain't big enough to get me through this. There's no hope for me. 
And you know what you've done is the enemy saying, yeah, you rotten bank robber. You rotten person. You're no good. There's no hope for you. And so what you do is you make what you've done worse than what God's grace is. And I want to tell you something. I don't care if it's Hitler or Mao or whoever. If they would have come to Jesus after all they'd done, do you know what? what? Jesus would have forgave them because he paid for every bit of that on the cross. Right? And so we, when we minimize God's grace and then we get those accusations and it puts a block in a, and keeps us from running to God freely, right? Because we're judging it based on what we've done or what we thought, right? Man, obsess over past sins that can't be undone. Might not be just, uh, might not be robbing the bank. I mean, something simple as something that you're thinking, and you're like, well, no one else thinks like that. No one else struggles like that. And that's a lie straight from the devil, right? The enemy's like, well, you did this back when you were in kindergarten. You pulled that girl's hair. I seen it. You're going to hell. You're rotten, right? And you know what? It steals our peace, and it steals what God wants to do in our life. Does that make sense? Man, my technology... And then, this is a big one, and I could have fell into this one if I didn't have the right mindset this morning. Every trouble is a punishment for your sin. Anybody ever? Man, that's, that's trouble. I must have done something wrong. God must be punishing me. Do you know what that is? That's a punch. Straight from the enemy. That's a lie. Straight from hell. I mean, there is times where, where we mess up, but it's not God punishing us. It's we did stupid. Right? Don't, if you don't want to get, get the horns of that bull, don't get in the pen with it. Sometimes they'll run you over. Right? Just plain cowboy sense. Right? I'm trying to get through it all. Sorry, guys. Okay, a true believer wouldn't have these struggles. Come on now. Okay, I'm going to close one eye and raise your hand if you've ever been hit with this punch. It's just, just me, I guess. Right? You can't think like that. You can't. You can't do that. You're not, you're, you're not a Christian. You're not a believer. You can't, you can't think that that Prius driver's an idiot and call her car a dork. You know, no other preacher would do that. Right? If you have a Prius, I'm sorry. It's not you I'm talking to. It's a long story, Right? Right? Anybody else, like, does anyone else ever have these struggles? Does, does anything in here hit you? Or is it just me? Come on. And so we go through this, and we're all getting punched, and we're all getting beat up, and some of us are fall- I fell for these things a million times. And sometimes I still do. Right? Thank God we have a remedy. Right? And his name's Jesus. 
but I don't have time to get to it. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to get you out of this. I got you into it. I'll hurry. Number one, how to fight effectively. Get exposed daily to the power of God's promises. You know, watch this. Second, first Peter, second Peter, one, four, and five says this. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises that, that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in in an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's a, that's a whole sermon, right? Because that's his whole goal. It's like, because he can't wipe you out. If he could, he would have done it. But he says, if I can make you unproductive and ineffective as a believer, then I've won. That's what he's saying, right? Next, I'm trying to get, a, get done. Realize the power of your greatest friends, of your greatest friend. Do you know what his name is? Jesus. Ephesians 1. Nineteen through twenty one and it says this And his incomparable great power for us who who believe that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and pointed him to be the head of everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way, including you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I'm going to close. In chapter 10, 24 through 25, says this, and let us consider we may spur on one another unto love and good do- deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, so what is the third thing you do? Don't fight alone. Right? If he, if he can isolate you, that's why church is so important because you're, you're not alone. Right? And when you get separated, you, you make yourself a target for the enemy, which in John, 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 John 10, 10 says, the thief comes not to, not, but not, the thief does not come but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, when I was writing that out, I wrote the if. And I didn't mean to do that. The if. Because here's the thing. A lot of times you're like, if 
and it goes back to that accusations and that temptations. If I wouldn't have done this, this wouldn't have happened. If only I do this and this would happen. And that robs you because you can't do anything about that. So you got to know, you know something? I have a Savior. He's good. I'm going to fight daily. I'm not alone, and I have a great friend in Jesus, and I have the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.